the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Online at grace-bible.com where you'll find a ton of resource materials to further your walk in Christ. Currently, we're being challenged by Pastor Jesse to Arise, Move, and Go, title of our series. And as we do, we're looking at the journey Moses and his people made out of Egypt into the Promised Land. What it comes down to as we look at the experiences they had is whether we live in faith or fear. Here's Pastor Jesse in Numbers 14. Numbers 14, verse 34. Please, this is where we started. Numbers 14, verse 34. It's going to be 34 and 35. He says to the children of Israel, after the number of the days in which you searched out the land. You guys see that? He's getting ready to set forth the principle. It's actually going to be, um, it's actually going to be under point number two, sub point B, the prophetic pattern, but we'll get there in a moment. Look at what he says. After the number of days wherein you searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a what? Each day for what? Shall you bear your iniquities even 40 years and you shall know my breach of what? What that means, if you don't know, it's as, as if you signed a contract with God. Now, that contract was the old covenant that was established at Mount Sinai because God brought you out with a strong arm and a mighty hand from Egypt. He told you that he was your Lord and you and I are called under that old covenant to keep the Ten Commandments. You remember that, right? These are the words of the covenant that you shall keep. Israel was under that covenant, were they not? They breached the covenant. And now we learn that they did it how many times? Ten times. And so God is saying, now I want you to know what it's like to have breached the covenant. The Bible's very clear that God does not take sin lightly, especially when you do it. Now, is God patient? When God puts up with you for doing something foolish for ten times, you cannot say God is arbitrary, whimsical, or intemperate, can you? I mean, after ten times, you ought to have gotten it, right? Listen to what it says. You shall bear your iniquities and you shall know my breach of promise. Verse 35. Notice this. I, the Lord, have said it. I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation. Now notice what the God is is calling them. An evil congregation. Notice what he says. That are gathered together against me. Now notice when we heard the words earlier in verse 1, they were gathered together against Moses and against Aaron. But Moses and Aaron represent who? So God took it personal, didn't he? Notice what it says. They were gathered together against me. People need to understand that. You can blame leadership all you want to. You can blame the hierarchy of authority all you want to. You can blame your mama and your daddy all you want to. Now, certainly they're at fault for some things, but they're not at fault for everything. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You can blame mama. You can blame daddy all you want to. You can blame the husband. Blame so That stuff matriculates up, does it not? God already sees it. He already sees it. Notice what it says. That, notice what it says. That they were gathered together against me in the wilderness, and they shall be what? And there they shall what? Consumed and die. Now, guess what they're doing? They're reaping what they sowed. Didn't we just read, would to God we died in the wilderness? Oh, God towed that contract up and said, you will die here. Got it? You see how stupid we can get when we open our mouth in, in irrational, passionate anger and foolishness? Listen, God don't have to put up with you. He'll give you what you want. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. God will give you what you want. You don't want what you want. You really want what you need. Particularly when you're the Lord's, right? You don't really want what you want because what you want is not necessarily what God wants. But he may give it to you to show you how stupid you are when you ask for what you want instead of what you need. That makes sense, doesn't it? This is so critically important. Under point number two, then, the trials versus the what? The trials versus the temptation is the way that, uh, that, um, that the context is laying out. Can you set the verse, please? So I want us to now begin to work through this idea of what's going on. I'm at verse 34, 40, 35. Verse 36 now. I want you to capture this. Verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search out the land, who returned and made all the congregation to what? CNN News, Fox News, MSNBC. NPR and every news agency that does not tell the truth will make you to murmur against God. Did you hear what I just stated? The school systems are making, uh, making children murmur against God. Stay with me. The school system are making children murmur against God. Here, when the children murmur against mom and daddy, they're murmuring against God. When the children murmur against being created in the Imago Day and want to tell mom and daddy, I'm a boy, but I want to be a girl, they're murmuring against God. And they were taught to murmur that way by the educators. Am I making some sense? There's a battle in this world, and the Word of God lays out a mirror to show us that, right? And it's your job, ladies and gentlemen, especially you young, young beautiful men and women, that's the young couple back there. They're having babies. Isn't that a beautiful thing when you're young? You're all romantically in love and you got rose-colored glasses on. And uh, no, 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 no. You got rose-colored glasses on. You got ro- I got plenty of water. That's not the point. You got rose-colored glasses on and you're thinking, you know, having babies is such a wonderful thing. They can turn you into monsters, can't they? <laughs> They can turn you into animals, right? They can turn mamas and daddies into cactuses, right? And into prunes. They can try you, your kids. You have to dominate your children in Jesus' name. Listen carefully to me. In Jesus' name, you have to control your children. I'm going to help you. If you've never met this pastor before, I had eight. All grown now. Every one of them tried me. They tried me, mutiny on the bounty. 
Am I telling the truth, mommy? Won't they try you? Right. They wake up one day listening to all that crazy stuff out there. I think I can, I think I can take dad. Yeah, no, dad knows Jesus. You can't take me. Stay with me. Dad knows Jesus. You can't take me. And we're not talking flesh and blood because, you know, they know their mama and I met in martial arts. So they weren't going to do that for about 20 years. <laughs> but after a while, they try to play the psychological games, the emotional games and try to take you out from trusting Christ and walking in the authority that God called you and keeping the old landmarks that you're supposed to do. Because the old people have to keep the landmarks. You can't remove the landmarks because your children hollering and screaming and acting foolish. Your kids need to know that you are owned by God just like they're owned by God. And really, God is the one in authority over us all. And here's what you can do with the children. I'm going to help you. You ready? Because this is, this is for free from counseling. This will help you. When you have them beautiful babies like little sweetheart back there, you only got them for about 13 years. The next three is on credit. When they get about 16 or 17, the die is cast. What that means is they are already planning on escaping the prison system of living in your household. Y'all keeping up with me. So they strategizing in their cell, cell in their room and they carving out all kind of plans under the bed and they're chipping the bricks. Yeah. And at night when mom and daddy are sleeping, they sneak out for a while. Some of my kids know, y'all know what I'm talking about. And they'll get back in before you wake up because you're sleeping sound in Jesus' name. Am I making some sense? Somebody said, he telling the truth. Somebody said, he telling the truth. I know because we did it. Did we not do it? Did we not creep? Come to find out my mama always knew. One of my sisters said, that, said this at the picnic. My kids are teenagers now and they try to lie to me. And I keep telling them, you are not good liars. You, you got to grow up in the hood to be a good liar, right? You are not good liars. Y'all need to quit. Y'all are not good liars. My point, my point here is that the adults made them murmur. The people who should have come back and made them celebrate made them murmur. The people who, who should have come back and gave them courage to go in and take the land made them murmur. Y'all got that? Notice again what it says. It's so clear. And made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a what? A slander upon the land. Hurry up, Jess. Let's get through this. This is so important because you heard it last week. They said the land chews up the people, spits them out. The land is grievous to people. It's got giants in there. See, they gave them every reason not to want to go in. Is that true? But I tell you, you need to hear from other witnesses because these 10 witnesses are crooks. They are liars. They are frauds. They did not believe God. Neither did they believe in the token, even though they saw it with their eyes. Y'all got that? This would mean in the gospel sense that you can be close to Christ and still miss him. Here they are walking back with a cluster of grapes pointing to the triumph of Christ. And they still missed the cluster when they came back to give a report. 
See, Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. Jesus is the grounds of your understanding and your hope. If you miss Jesus, you will never make glory. Jesus is the reason for God coming into this world. Did y'all get that? And when you understand the gospel, you have the key to salvation. These men didn't even have it. And they're uttering falsehood. The proposition is this. Who do you believe? The 10 or the two? You believe the two? Then listen to what the two said here. This is so very clear. Listen to what the two said over in verse 24. Notice what it says, chapter 14, verse 24. 1424 says this, but my servant Caleb, because he had another what? Hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land wherein he went and his seed shall possess it. Notice that Caleb believed God, didn't he? And then Joshua also believed him, did they not? Look over at verse 38. Here's what God says over in verse 38. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went and searched the land, lived what? Still. Now, what God is talking about is he brought a judgment on them, a plague, and destroyed them. And Joshua and Caleb are going to be the only ones that will go into the promised land. Y'all got that? Two out of the twelve. Now go back to verse 36 and verse 37, and let's look at why. I want you to get this before we go to our last point and close. Our last point is going to be very easy. Because I see a distinction between these two men and the rest. First of all, the two men did not come back with a bad report. Joshua and Caleb didn't come back clowning. They didn't come back. Remember what they said? We are well able to take the land. It was those other cats that are saying, we are not able. What a contrast. Now, children of God, are we not well able to take the land? If God is with us, who can be against us? If God has told us it's ours, who can take it from us? But you will still have folk who walk in fear, who walk in doubt to tell you you can't do it. Now, notice what the text says. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur, verse 37. Notice what it says in verse 37. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, they died by the plague before the Lord. That was a lot of men that died. These men were the ones that were doing all the complaining. Look at verse chapter 14, verse 6 through 9. I want you to see it almost done here. Chapter 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, uh, which were of them that searched the land, when they heard that evil report, let's go back. Let God kill us in the wilderness. Let them take us back to Egypt. Guess what they did? They did what? They did what? All right, just one moment here. See, I think we need to be very careful to love what God loves and hate what God hates. I'm not going to be here long, but please get it. These men were so moved by that evil report. Ah! Now, when you rent your garments, you're done. It's a sign of absolute grievance with what you heard. They rent their garments. They said, you people have rebelled against the Lord. That was an expression of them being on the Lord's side. 
Now, it's as if the Lord himself rent his garment. It's apparent by the judgment he brought, right? So aren't there times when evil is done in our world that you and I should rent our garments spiritually to really make it known how evil that thing is? These are the two witnesses of Revelation 11 that walked around in sackcloth and ashes because of the abominations that are done. Ask God to give you grace. I'm here to tell you, ask God to give you grace because if you are even killed and indifferent to everything, you probably are not walking close enough with the Lord. Some things ought to grieve you. Some things ought to grieve you. Joshua and Caleb understood the implications. They knew these babies who didn't ask to come here are going to be stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. The application is very clear. Because of the rebellion that we have engaged in in America for abandoning our God, and opening ourselves up to all kinds of idolatry, our children are in a spiritual wilderness right now. They are in a spiritual wilderness. Finding God for our kids will not be easy. And that ought to make you feel a certain kind of way. Your kids are going to grow out, grow up and not even be interested in God. Not even interested in God. And we're supposed to be cool with that. You still, you, you still have to behave. You still have to engage in decorum and love for your kids. You have to walk the tightrope of understanding they're spiritually blind and spiritually dead. You have to realize that if you talk to them about spiritual things and they feel, act cert, a certain kind of way, that you can't get offended too. Am I making some sense? Right. You got to live with the reality that they have not come out of the cave yet, out of Plato's cave yet and that they're lighting superficial fires and they're operating with ghosts on the wall because they have not come up into the light. You have to realize that. You will also have to realize that it's your job to make sure you don't aid and abet them in the continual carnality that they're going after. Am I making some sense? You still have to know how to sprinkle them with tokens of love by saying, I'm praying for you. Baby, I'm praying for you. Son or daughter, I'm praying for you. And every now and then you still have to say, I haven't seen you in church in a while. You still have to say it. Yeah, yeah. You cannot let them believe they can wander in this wilderness without God, without endangering their eternal soul. Can I talk to you? As our church is jacked up and our kids, they don't know there's an enemy out there that has completely assigned them for the next three generations to hell. They don't know that the secular system out there is deliberately, institutionally, policy-oriented against God. They don't know that the companies they are working for explicitly hate the God of their parents. They don't know that those systems they're working for will have them systematically deny everything that their parents taught them in relationship to God and morals and ethics and right and wrong and truth and error and falsehood. And so while they're out there, they got to live that comprehensive lie. The only hope we have is that God was good enough to some of us parents, even in our sinfulness, to have drilled down so deep into their soul the word of the living God that they cannot get away from it even if they wanted to. 
Am I making some sense? And then after they have risen up and left your home, nary ever talking about God, you still pray for them. You still pray for them. You still call upon the name of the Lord for them. And you do it in faith, not in fear. You do it in faith, not in fear. You do it in confidence, not in trepidation. You believe God for them and you continue walking boldly, confident, joyfully, humbly with the Lord your God. Pray, pray that one day they wake up embarrassed, embarrassed for having traded in the inheritance of the gospel like uh, Ishmael did for a pot of soup that can never make them right with God. Pray that they wake up and have a taste that says, you know what? I'm done with this pottage. Give me the manna from heaven that my mom and daddy talked about so long ago. When God told Israel, you're going to hang out in the land for 40 years. This is what we call a pattern and a type, a pattern of prophecy. Sub point B, a prophetic pattern of prophecy. Ezekiel chapter four, verse five and six. Y'all hang in there for a few more minutes. I'm making an application to my own country and I'm, I'm not going deep into it. If you guys keep up with me in my, you know, social media ministry, then you know where I am with a lot of what's going on in our world. But here's what God told Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter four, verse four. Please, we're going to walk this through. Now, Ezekiel is a prophet. Ezekiel's a prophet, and often the prophets are told by God to do weird, strange things. Didn't I tell you that I'm so glad I live in the New Testament? Because Isaiah had to walk around with his butt out for three and a half years. Y'all, raise your hand if you know I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, some of y'all ain't reading your Bibles, but you need to start. Isaiah, I need you to walk around with your butt out for three and a half years. To let Israel know they've been walking around like a harlot without, without a covering. And showing their butt to everybody but me. Did y'all get that? See, y'all don't read y'all Bible. The Bible is full of Old Testament X-rated stories. I mean, real X-rated. Real X-rated stuff. You shouldn't even read it. I told you many years ago when I, got, when I ran across that stuff with the kids, I said, Lord, how am I going to explain what Judah did with Tamar? How are you going to explain that? See, some of y'all saying what y'all talking about. Now you got to go back and find out. That's an X-ray. That's an X-rated movie. How do you clean that up? Right? That's an X-rated. And this one is too. But it has a larger and an essential symbolic meaning that those of us who are spiritual by nature get it. Men and women have their tail out metaphorically, spiritually, when they're not covered in Christ's righteousness. And see, today, our kids, particularly our women, are so turned upside down that they literally have their tails out, do they not? And that's because the devil owns them. And the devil knows how to take biblical prophecy and bring it to pass literally to show you who who is controlling them. Did y'all get that? The devil is controlling them. And so Ezekiel is told, lie upon your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it according to the number of the days of the days that thou shall lie upon it, you shall bear their iniquity. He's going to be an example of Israel's iniquities because God's going to assign them to judgment in this context, 390 years. Watch this. Look at verse five. Ezekiel four, verse five. Here's what God says. For I have laid upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days. How many days? 
390 days. So shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel, which means a day turns into a what? A year. So they're going to watch Ezekiel lay on his side for 390 days. Every day he's going to come out, get in the middle of the street and lay on one side. Over a year. How many days in a year? Come on, I know you went to government school. There you go. And then add the rest, right? That's a long time to watch the prophet come out and lay in the thoroughfare and be an ensign to the world, right? But people are going to get the message. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.